Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and welcome to Season 6 of SCP Archives, which of course means Class of 76, featuring special guest Brian David Gilbert and music from The Blasting Company. This season has been a work in progress for over a year. Um, I am so incredibly proud of everything that we've done. Um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this season, and I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, but before we jump into today's episode, uh, I want to share a trailer for an upcoming podcast from one of my nearest and dearest podcast friends, uh, CSW. What you're about to hear is a short trailer for the upcoming podcast, Hemophobia. Oh, it'll get you. Sooner or later, that's bound to happen. Sam, would you believe me if I said that that I hadn't been alone in the cabin? Night falls upon the camp. One day, you walk into the cabin. It's all empty. Until bam! It shows up right behind you and gets you. The locusts go quiet. Is that so? Sure is. So should I be afraid? Oh, yeah. The leaves go still. Something horrible is in the woods, Sam. CSW presents Hemophobia. Coming October 29th. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to Hemophobia wherever you listen to podcasts, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else. And now, a quick message from our sponsors, and then this week's episode. This is Agent T. Cooper, identification number 733JX4843, site number 733K11. This is weekly report number 64-4, no activity to report a primary site.
Direct observation of the site took place on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday of this week from, uh, let's see here, approximately 21 to 0300 hours, as stated. No anomalous activity to report. What else? The uh, disappearance of Tammy Lynn Halona is still the top item for local law enforcement. Kubo, that, that Sheriff Kubo. Kubo doesn't seem to have any new leads, but he seems to be leaning toward the runaway narrative. Or Greyhound therapy is, I think, how he put it. He and Deputy West are heading the investigation, and he's got myself and the other deputies running down various leads all over the back of beyond. So far, they don't seem to have much. Tammy Lynn was there one minute, turned the proverbial corner, and was gone the next. With respect to the runaway narrative, Tammy's a hell of a good candidate for it. Kubo's investigation has uncovered a uh, pretty bleak picture at the house. Addiction, poverty... Abuse, the Ozark trifecta. I'm conducting a parallel investigation independently of Kubo and the department and have discovered some peculiar goings-on in the town proper, but nothing concrete as of yet. I'll update as developments warrant. It is highly unlikely that her disappearance has anything to do with Site 733K11. If she'd been near Site 733K11, she'd likely have attempted to enter the area, and I'd know about it. If she had indeed successfully entered the site, there'd be a notable increase in sonic activity, and as of yet, I've detected no increase above ATH. At last check, all site deterrence and detection apparatus are fully operational. Audio masking, check. Sonic countermeasures, check. Passive deterrence, check. And all auxiliary systems operational and deployed. Site's as tight as a whale's asshole. Just to reiterate my position here, I believe that babysitting site 733K11 is completely unwarranted. I don't pretend to know the extent of the risk, as I've been kept almost completely in the dark about the site particulars, but, well, the safeguards we have in place seem more than sufficient. I mean, come on, folks, it's been 26 months. 26 long months. And now the nights are getting longer, the days are getting shorter. And I just can't believe that the Foundation... This site just doesn't seem to warrant direct observation. Why are resources being wasted here? At a site that's... that's hardly a threat. I know this is supposed to be some kind of punishment. My proverbial pound of flesh being exacted. But, I mean, for Christ's sake... Uh, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. It's been a long night. I'm wore out, and that's the tired talking. Site 733K11, secure. 
Agent T. Cooper reporting. All right, class. That's it for today. Tonight is a big night. You're all due back here at five o'clock sharp. Do not be late. I'm looking at you, Daniels. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. The same goes for you, Miss Leland. Yes, sir, Mr. Perez. Great. Also, everyone's new uniforms are back from feeding, and Mrs. Thurgood has staged everything out in the auditorium for us. So we're meeting there, not here in the clock tower. Got it! Uh, Mr. Hillerman, a moment of your time, please, before you go. Hey. Mr. Hillerman. Couldn't help but noticing our longhorn sounded a little quieter today. What's going on? Nervous about tonight? No, sir. I. The thing is, I... Uh, I think I broke my spit valve. You think? And just how, precisely, did you break your water key, Hillerman? Oh, uh, I th- might have accidentally dropped my horn. Oh, you dropped your brand new trombone? Bad form, Lee. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my kid brother, he was... Spare me the tail, Lee. Just make sure you get it fixed. I don't want to sound in flat on homecoming night. Come horn or high water, right? Excuse me, Mr. Perez? Yes, Miss Stevens? Hey. Sorry, I couldn't help but hearing. I could take Lee to my dad's shop, if he wants. He'll fix it up in no time. Oh, uh, um... Oh, thank you, Cindy. That would be wonderful. Right, Lee? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> uh, for sure. We're all already so grateful to your father for his generous gift. I mean, let's face it, it's not every day that someone outfits the whole band like he did. Are you sure it's not a problem? It's no problem, Mr. P. My dad will take care of it. He loves fixing things. Okay, then. Well, I'll see you kids tonight. Five o'clock. Don't be late. Sure thing. Later, Mr. Perez. Come on, Lee. I'll take you by the shop. Okay. Jeez, thanks for that. I'm already on Perez's shit list for what I do not know. No sweat. This homecoming performance tonight is making him crazy. I'll be glad when it's all over. You and me both. I'm not going to be spoiling your after-school snack, am I, Lee? Oh, shit. You have plans? I... Totally forgot I was supposed to go. Hey guys, wait up! Well, well, well. If it isn't Alberto Perez, how's the rabble rousing going, Al? Still nearing the duel? Yeah, yeah. We still on for tonight, right? Nobody's getting cold feet. I'm in. Me too. That's good, cause we are getting funky tonight. Look at what I lifted from my old man's stash. From Russia with love, baby. Al! Al, tell me you got the goods! I got them. Good thing, because scoring touchdowns makes me thirsty. Oh, boy. Have you even scored a touchdown yet? Tonight is my night, little lady. You better stash that, Al. Your dad's right around the corner. Psh, he won't care. 
He's absolutely lost his mind about the big halftime show tonight. I'm not even kidding. He called this his Rose Bowl. <laughs> Jesus, God. Seriously, he couldn't even remember my name this morning. He kept calling me, hey you. Hey you, brush your teeth. Hey you, get in the car. Just another typical day at Shea Perez. I swear, when they finally throw me into a padded cell, there will be no mystery as to why. <laughs> Classic Perez chicanery. And speaking of Perez family updates, rumor has it that Kimmy is back in town? You weren't going to tell me, Perez? The love of my life is... Yes, she's back. I've barely seen her myself. She's come over like twice, and both times argued with my folks for like 30 minutes. And stormed out without saying a word to me. We've said hi and almost nothing else. That's a drag. Tell me about it. But you'll never believe this. She's working for the Magnolia PD. I knew that. Of course you would, Daddy's boy. She is? Doing what? She's a dispatch officer. Taking 911 calls, APBs, bolos, getting stuck in trees. All that. Cool. I could see Kimmy doing that. Remember when she used to babysit us, Lee? How could I forget? Don't start, you two. I believe you might have been a little bit smitten with her, weren't you, Ren? Oh, lovers, lovers, it is time to set out from the world, to hear a drum in my soul's ear coming from the depths of stars. Rumi. A poet and an athlete? Who'd have thunk it? And the pillow? Lee! Yes, and the pillow. Kimberly Kubo, my feathered-filled filly of fantasy. That pillow was the love of my life for many years. Good years, all of them. That's it, Kubo. <laughs> Two for flinching. <laughs> what? I didn't flinch. And it's not my fault, Al. Blame your mother. Maybe still has a little crush, wouldn't you say, Lee? <laughs> no doubt. Those were some <clears throat> very formative years for us. I heard that. You're next, Hillerman. You know, Al, if you invite Kimmy to our little get-together tonight, I might, could, maybe see if Margo and Elle are doing anything after the game. Oh, that's dirty, Kubo. Even for you. Margo and Elle? What makes you think? Never mind. I don't even know why I ask. They'd never. Don't be so sure, Al. You're looking at Kirk Lawnwood High's newest sports sensation. Wait till you see what I can do to these Jasper clowns tonight. I thought they were the Jaguars. Jaguars, clowns, whatever. It's all the same when you're breaking state records. I'm going to have cheerleaders hanging all over me. Keep telling yourself that, Ren. What dreams may come. Ooh, Shakespeare. But seriously, Ren... Are they... Did you... Maybe. It's a celebration, right, Perez? There's gonna be delicious beverages, right? Margo and Elle get thirsty, too. Right, Al? That's all we really need to know. I'm gonna go home and get the good stuff. Ah, uh, the good stuff? You holding out on us, Al? Lee, I don't care if you three yahoos get wasted on my old man's watered-down vodka... You'll never know the difference, but if Elle Matters is going to be there tonight, she's a woman of refined tastes. This could be my one shot. Ugh, give me a break. 
<laughs> it's settled then. Let's not get bogged down in the details. Student lot after the game. Keep it simple. By the Renmobile. That's right. It's gonna take me a minute or ten to cut loose, but I'll be there. And you guys, oh man, I found the perfect spot. It is far out. One of your many, many makeout spots, Cubo? You're making jokes now, Stevens, but wait till you see it. It's perfect. Almost like it called to me. It's deep. Deep in the woods. Almost to the lake. Far from crying eyes. There's no parents, no teachers, no cops. And there might, just might, already be two cases of exceptionally fine beer waiting for us there. Ah, the high life. Exceptionally fine, huh? Indeed. Hopefully staying nice and cold. Um, it's like almost 85 degrees out. Thanks for the time and temperes. Anyways, let's split, Lee. We'll swing by the spot on the way back to your place if you want. I'll show you. You're gonna flip your lid. Uh, um, about that, I, I gotta... Lee broke his spit guard. I'm gonna hang with Cindy, or, well, I'm because so, so she, I'm, she's gonna take me to, her ah, dad has... I see how it is. Ditching me for the skirt, huh, Hillerman? Real classy. Oh, give me a break. I'll give you the key to Ramsey's midterm later. I hope so, because that Spanish Civil War unit damn near put me to sleep. There is absolutely zero chance of me passing that test. Take care of my pal, Stevens. And don't do anything I wouldn't do. Well, that's not saying much. Earth to Perez. Come in, Perez. Let's get out of here, Al. These two have to swap spit guards or something. Right, right. Bye, guys. Ren. Ren. Are you being serious? Is Al gonna be there? <laughs> Perez, you horn dog. Well, that was... I, I wasn't implying that... <laughs> Forget it, Lee. I know what you meant. And I'm not ashamed of our love. Uh, wh- what? I, um, I'm sorry. Are, are you- Relax, Lee. Let's get down to my dad's shop already. You been in lately? Seen the, uh, well, you seen the carpet? No, I've, I've been meaning to, you know. I ju- I'm just, let's just say that I've been busy lately, R- Ren and I. Well, it's a sight to behold, let me tell you. And if you pretend to like it, maybe he'll give you the famous Syncope Symphony Friends and Family discount. I sure hope so, because I am tapped out. Let's see what the power of jazz can do. Come again? <laughs> Never mind. Let's go. Sheriff. Sheriff Kubo. Sheriff Kubo. Sheriff Kubo. Go ahead, Gail. Gail Daniels, Arkansas Daily News. I know who you are, Gail. It's been two weeks now since Tammy Lynn Halona has gone missing. Does your department have any new leads? Well, just like I said last week, we're pursuing a number of leads, but there have been no new developments as of yet. And these leads? I can't comment just now, but like I said, we are investigating every lead. We're leaving no stone unturned, rest assured. Do you have any suspects? Uh... Not as of yet, Gail. Sheriff, Sheriff Kubo. Kubo! Go ahead, John. 
Sheriff Kubo, would you please comment on the rumors that a satanic cult is somehow involved in Miss Helona's disappearance? Let me make this absolutely clear to your listeners, John. We have absolutely no indication that any satanic cults were involved in the disappearance of Tammy Lynn. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Furthermore, we've had no verifiable reports of any illegal activity as related to cults, satanic or otherwise, outside of some kids spray paint and all sorts of garbage on the mills. Now, why folks are talking about this is baffling to me. We got a young girl missing. And the rumors about Tammy Lynn belonging to a witch's coven? I'm not even going to dignify that with the response. I will say... Sheriff, would you comment on reports that Tammy's home life might have factored into her disappearance? I've heard the drug and alcohol You use. can stop right there, Gail. Tammy Lynn's family is fully cooperating with my department. And let me remind you, it was Tammy's mother, Norma Halona, that first reported her missing. Then... Let me further say, the Halona family is going through a hard time right now. But they are our longtime neighbors, and I think it's important that we remember that. And... I know that you folks can report the news without acting like a big city tits, right? So you're not treating this as a runaway? We're exploring all possibilities. So far, we've had no indication that Miss Halona is a runaway. As you all know, she attended school on the day she went missing, and she had also been planning on babysitting for a neighbor that evening. Not that that excludes the possibility. Young folks sometimes take off. We've all seen it before. But we have no witnesses putting her on a bus out of town, and no one seen any young woman hit you. So, she could still be... As I stated be- last Friday, if any of your readers or listeners have any information regarding the whereabouts of Miss Halona, they are encouraged to call the Magnolia Sheriff's Office. They can remain completely anonymous. Sheriff Kubo. Oh, oh, Sheriff Kubo! Sheriff Kubo! Don, you're up. And, um, this might be the last one, folks. Sheriff, would you please comment on the report that Tammy Lynn was last seen with a law enforcement officer? What? What's that now? Yes, I spoke with, uh... Maddie Banyan, one of Tammy Lynn's classmates. She said that she saw Tammy in the back of one of your squad cars on the day she went missing. What? Who said that now? Maddie Banyan is the young lady's name. She has stated that she provided one of your deputies with a statement. But... That there has been no follow-up. She's prepared to swear to an affidavit. Well, I gotta tell you, Don, you're catching me a little off guard here. It's the first that I'm hearing about it. But I can assure you that I'll look into it right away. Ah, Sheriff Kubo! Sheriff Kubo! I got nothing else for you folks. I'm real sorry. I'll have Connie update you on any new developments as they arise. She got your numbers. Deputy West, come with me. Chef Kubo, do you think someone killed Tammy Lynn? I hope you don't print that, Don. I truly do. I'd hate for her mother to read that. We've absolutely no reason to think that something like that has transpired, and it'd be the height of cowless stupidity for anyone to say otherwise. We clear? Yes, Sheriff. With me, West.
Hey everyone, Pacific here with a quick ad break and a reminder. You can get access to ad-free episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And now, a quick message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Did you catch that press conference with Kubo? I sure did. I'm telling you, Elm, something unusual is going on around here. Ain't it, Jack? Sure is. You mean the unusually soulful styling of Charles Mingus? No, I mean the missing girl and the goddamn cult stuff. Oh, that. Yes, that. I missed it. Well, like I said, very unusual things is going on. I try not to worry about things beyond my control. Part of my new transcendental meditation practice. You're the one with a young daughter running around here, Elm. What if... Jack, don't you dare say it. Someone ought to say it. Well, then someone can say it outside. This store is my sacred space. You both know that. If you're coming in this morning all worked up about something, you got to keep walking. If it ain't about horns, strings, or percussion, I don't want to be bothered. Not today. Apologies, Elm. I didn't mean nothing by it. Ditto here, Elm. I wasn't thinking, just running off at the mouth as usual. Ah, don't worry about it. Of course I'm concerned. I just... I'm not sure I'm seeing a satanic cult operating here in Magnolia. All the wild stories, they're not helping matters any. 
There's a while about him. I can take you right now and show you all sorts of satanic garbage. Both of the mills are covered in 666s and swastikas and all sorts of other garbage. Goat's heads. That's right. Goat's heads and pentagrams. I'm telling you, Elm, you've got to watch out. You remember the Zodiac now out in California? Sending satanic messages to the papers. That's right. Secret codes and such. They still can't figure it out. Just what do you think that's all about? Well, this ain't California. And that junk on the mills, that's kids' stuff, and you old coots know it. Psh, we never did nothing like that when we was kids. Hardy har har. My dad has skinned me alive if he saw me painting the devil's face. That's right. All I'm saying is, which is more likely? That we have some local kids spray-painting the mills with what they think is highly suggestive artwork, or that we have an actual satanic cult here in Magnolia, worshipping the devil, performing midnight masses, and kidnapping kids right off the street. That poor girl. Don't even get me started. Absolutely terrible. Middle of the day, kidnapped by some kind of deranged lunatic. See, now that's exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody knows that. Any of it. Who said it was a deranged lunatic? Or a kidnapping, even? Did the sheriff say that at the press conference? That's what I thought. I heard that things at home were a bit rough. Yes, sir. That's what I heard, too. Are Tammy Lynn and Cindy friends, Elm? Hadn't even thought to ask. No, no, Cindy doesn't know her, other than in passing. And I, for one, don't think it was any Satanists or lunatics or anything as sinister as the Zodiac Killer, that's for sure. I think you're more right than wrong about things being tough at home. Could be that Tammy's just had enough of Magnolia. I heard someone call it Greyhound Therapy. I prefer my therapy out of a Jack Daniels bottle. I'll take mine the same. Well, I prefer the intellectual power of a good jazz album. Keeps you two ornery cusses manageable. <laughs> uh-huh. Could be this shag carpet. I feel like I'm on the planet Mars. You mean Venus. Why's that? Because it's blue, not red. Fine, then. I feel like I'm on planet Venus. You ain't far from it. Shut up, you. Yeah... It didn't quite turn out like I'd imagined. I really just wanted the town kids to know that we supported them. What's that now? It's the school colors, y'all, Phoebe. Raw blue with silver. Are you fading out on us or what? I know the school colors, you geezer. Uh-huh. Saved by the bell. Hi, Dad. You two behave yourselves now, and no morbid talk about Tammy Lynn or Satanists or whatever else with Cindy here. Yep. Yep. Cindy! Hello, Princess! <laughs> Hi, Dad. And this is Lee, right? Yes, this is Lee. Get up here, Lee. Yeah, wow, I, um, I'm sorry, this, it's just, wow, this carpet, it's, and I mean, all of it, it's, uh, it's so different in here. <laughs> Yes, well, uh, that's good, I think. Different good, right? You, you like it? I honestly love it. Oh, boy. Uh, Lee, this is my dad, Elm. Dad, this is Lee Hillerman. You two met at the spring recital. I'm sure you both remember. Yes, of course. Lee, I remember. Hello, Mr. Stevens. It's uh, nice to see you again. Elm. Please, call me Elm. 
Okay. Elm? So, what brings you kids in today? How was school, babe? School was fine, Dad. We stopped in because Lee's got a broken spit valve. Show him, Lee. Oh, no! Is this one of the new instruments we donated to the school? Yes, sir. I, I, my brother, he's an idiot sometimes. He, he made me... Say no more, my man. I had three brothers, and spit valves are an easy fix. I'll have you squirt away in a jiffy. Wow, that, that'd be awesome, Mr. Stevens. No worries. I know tonight's the big night, right? Seniors, homecoming, your last big blowout, horn pun intended. Ugh, Dad. <laughs> That's right. To be honest, my company back there was starting to get on my last nerve. I'm glad you two showed up with something constructive for me to do. I'll be right back. You kids have a look around. Okay, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mr. Uh, Elm? Your dad is kind of cool. Hardly. He's a band kid just like us. Just all grown up and extra weird. Weird can be cool. You'd better hope so. Ouch. Oh, sweetie. Steer clear of the basement, okay? I got a real mess down there. Okay, Dad. Come on, Lee. I'll show you Magnolia's largest and least appreciated jazz record collection. Groovy. Ugh. You get it? Groovy? <laughs> You're as bad as he is. Because the records have they got grooves in them, but also it's like because they because they also have grooves and it's gonna you get it? Do you get the joke or is that is it going over your head? Rowan. Aspen. Rowan. Rowan. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. What the hell are you doing? Uh, sorry about that. I just had to close my eyes for a sec. What the hell you mean you're sorry? I ain't been sleeping well. I... This isn't church camp, bro. You're supposed to be looking out. And where the fuck is Aspen? He's picking us up some steak and shake. Picking yous up some steak and shake. Well, isn't that lovely? I got him picking up something for you, too. Holy Jesus, Ro. That ain't the point. You two keep acting like this is some kind of game. This ain't no game. Shit, I know that. You think I don't? Not the way you're acting. I ain't acting in no way, Holly. And you ain't the goddamn boss. So quit acting like it. I ain't got to be the boss to tell you two dumb shits what to do. What's up your butt? If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Whatever. Jesus! You two damn near scared the piss out of me! Well, 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 if it ain't the return of the prodigal son. Huh? Ignore. Is that? Yeah. Get over here, kid. What? Hey! Do you think this is a game? Jesus! What? No! What? What's a game? This whole thing. Do you think this is a game? Is this fun for you? Do you think we're gonna be babysitting your kid sister? I ain't got a kid sister. Give the kid a break, Holly. You may not know this, Aspen, but this is some serious shit that you stumbled into. 
You must be one unlucky son of a bitch to end up here with us. I, I just, um... Give it a rest, Holly. The kid did nothing to you. Oh, okay, Ro, whatever you say. I'll just give you both a break. You take as many naps as you need, since you ain't sleeping well, and the boy wonder here can just pop in and out of a hidden bunker as many times as we get a hankering for cheeseburgers and shakes. You two dumb shits should pick up a paper once in a while. God damn it. You're going to spill the shakes. Jesus. What's gotten into her? She just got back. She ain't told me yet. Oh, God dang it. She popped the lids on the shakes. Give me some napkins, kid. Hello? Hello? Is somebody there? Who's there? What do you want? Please, let me out of here. I want to go home. I won't... I won't tell anyone, I swear. I know you won't. But I don't even... I can hear it. No! No! This is Dr. Ash Calder, journal entry for subject number 19. It is, let's see, 3.32 a.m., October 17th, 1976. Where to begin? First off, my assumptions about the compressed wavelengths and their potential for mirroring were right on. Yet another completely unexpected discovery here at the site. As my father used to say... The drudgery of the numbers shall set you free. And in this instance, it has. The solution that I've devised for the amplitude problem and its relationship to the singular migration is simple but elegant, as naturally it would be. To be completely honest, I wasn't even looking in the right place. I was absolutely certain that the inaudible range was hypersonic. See notes on subject 11. But as nature is wont to do... I've been humbled again by the cleverness of her design. The range is subsonic, not hypersonic. One thing of note. It's been such a different experience here at the site than I'd ever imagined it would be. Even two years on. When we were at the Foundation Labs, when my sole focus was to describe the functions of the site with only incoherent documentation and completely random datasets to work with, it was impossible to fully grasp. I was never really able to see the site in all its... in all its... its simplicity. Now that I'm here... Or should I say, back here in person, I'm amazed by its... its coherence, its organic sensibleness, 
It's pragmatism. It really is a sight to behold. A wonder. With the aid of my new partner, whose former role at the Foundation was to study the site's origins, I've been able to put together a much more complete picture of its possible function, scope, and effects. And yes, even its origins, much to his delight. Although its origins are still beyond mysterious in my estimation, and hardly worth pursuing. Ironically, if we were both still at the Foundation, the hands-on experimentation that we've been able to conduct here, and the study of the site's migratory participants, would probably have resulted in a much more robust containment procedure. But I digress. While the site's origins are still ultimately unknown to myself and my colleague, we are gradually learning more about its ultimate function and purpose. While we'd initially agreed with the Foundation's observations and some of its conclusions about the site's function, in other words, that it seemed to be a honey trap and little else, we weren't entirely clear or convinced as to whether that trap was a physical prison, a spiritual purgatory, or some other kind of interdimensional binding as yet undiscovered. That is no longer the case. We now know exactly what is going on at the site. And it's no honey trap. The most interesting discoveries as of late are the site's effects after, for lack of a better term, a feeding. We've collected some very convincing data that seem to indicate that after the site makes contact with a human subject, its strength in its sonic output and its clarity are greatly enhanced. Of course, that being said, not all subjects are created equal. Our last subject was a very good candidate, and we saw readings that extended the site's range well beyond the containment area, albeit for a short time. The subject prior, not so much. Barely a blip, really, even though she did successfully migrate. We believe that it was our last subject's age that played such a critical role in the increased range and exceptional clarity of its output. It is one of the hypotheses that we are currently testing, at least, which is precisely why our next subject is adolescent. It's frustrating, of course, that we've got to conduct our study in the manner that we do, sneaking around. But due to the special containment procedures in place at the site, there are few better options. So, where were we? Yes. We've a very interesting subject nearly ready to enter the site. One whose age and unique genetic makeup will no doubt result in some very useful data for us to work with. This particular subject and the genetic predisposition that we're testing is also far outside the proverbial lines. But... Given my partner's interest in the origins of the site, especially as they relate to its historical relevance and possible links to Aboriginal myth, it is at least worth pursuing, even if I'm not wholly convinced of its veracity. In addition to our carefully curated subject, my partner has also come up with a wonderfully imaginative way for us to sonically prime the site so that we can supercharge our experiment. 
I won't go into the details here, due to the wild illegality. But in my follow-up report, I'll unpack the mechanics of what he's done. And with a little luck, we'll be able to draw some concrete conclusions. Let's just say, it's an ingenious idea, but incredibly unorthodox. And it's no wonder that he was given the old heave-ho by the stuffed shirts at the Foundation. They hate a scribbler that goes outside the lines there. But I digress. Again. Subject 19. Age 17. Sex female. Potential of genetic selection unknown. Potential of sonic priming unknown. According to my calculations, there's a small chance for a cascading event. An approximately 6% chance, to be precise. This is the first time that that chance has exceeded 3%, so naturally we are very concerned. But the numbers aren't supported by any observed data, but rather speculative, so the worry may be unwarranted. There's a 37% chance of losing the subject, which is well within the range of acceptable risk. There's a 52% chance of a standard migration, and of course, the lingering 5% chance of a completely unique outcome. If Subject 19 does indeed trigger a cascading event, and these records are found, please refer to my entries on Subject 11 and Subject 8 for correlating evidence of my earlier suspicions about the nature of the site pre-cascade. If Subject 19 successfully migrates, she will be moved to holding Site 2 for observation and study with our other subjects. This is Dr. Ash Calder, October 17th, 1976, signing off. This episode was possible thanks to our patrons. Joining us this week was Nate Khan, Rahal, That One Furry, Lillian Augustine, Purveyor of Chaos, Alex Wend, Daniel Silver, Felix Poisson, Yu He, Aran Aladdin, and Taylor Bales. Thanks guys for your support. You help us do what we do. SCP Archives was created by Pacific S. Obadiah and John Grills. Class of 76 was written by F. Cole Serrano. Lee Hillerman was special guest star Brian David Gilbert. Cindy Stevens was Madeline Moore. Ren Kubo was Brandon Nguyen. Al Perez was Jimmy Furrer. Tammy Lynn Halona was Kayla Temshiv. Elm Stevens was Graham Rowett. Thaddeus Cooper was Damon Alums. Sheriff Kubo was Gary Scales. Dr. Ash Calderwood was Chris Young. Holly Dildeen was Krista Lewis. Rowan was Nate DeFort. Aspen Daniels was Dustin Parsons. And in our ensemble was BNR, Giancarlo Herrera, Pacific Obadiah, Daisy McNamara, Ashley Jones, Stephen Indrasano, Marquise Moore, Scott Paladin, and Jesse Hall. Our dialogue editor was Daisy McNamara, and our music was done by Matt Roy Berger. Today's episode featured Search Party by The Blasting Company. Our sound designer was Dana Creesman, and our showrunner was Daisy McNamara. I'm your producer, Pacific S. Obadiah, 
And our executive producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 